This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. This show is brought to you by Slice on Broadway, supporting Pittsburgh podcasting with the perfect pepperoni pizza. Production services by Sidekick Media Services. And listeners like you supporting us at patreon.com slash awesomecast. It is the awesome cast. Time to get geeky, get awesome. I'm Mike Sorg at Sorgatron on the Twitter here in the Sorgatron Media Studios in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, we are ready to get awesome tonight. Excited to be back in Pittsburgh because it's, 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 it's the travel season is now all year long and I love it. And it was my first one of the year, except for the snow. I could do without the snow. Uh, but I'm sure we'll sort through that over the next couple months. Uh, but we got our crew with us. First of all, the always awesome uh, gadget guru for Big Bank International, <gasps> Esquire. He is in Studio C in the Big D of Dormont, PA. He is the Chilla. How are you? Hello, sir. Hello, sir. Sorry, I was running a little bit late, which then... I guess in turn caused us to start late. It's so fine. My apologies. No, you're fine. No, 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 no. I'm the one that went on was going on about about my internet woes at an esports arena uh, before the show. So don't worry about before, it. <laughs> before before I heard where you were at when you were talking about the bandwidth, I'm like, did he go to Nebraska? No, no, Indiana. <laughs> I'm not going back to Nebraska anymore. Actually, it's not on the list anymore. It's not on the map. No, it's not on the map anymore. We we tried Las Vegas and then everybody almost died from heat stroke and then uh, that's not real. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. No, no, it was not. There was no real danger. Well, there was. I mean, it was a hundred. It's Vegas. It's Vegas. So there's Vegas. always yeah, there's always going danger. On. Let's be honest. So your um, flip flops melt to the pavement. I mean, it's hot. Oh, it was. Well, I was worried about my camera melting. Um, and uh, but but actually, a lot of Michigan. A lot of Michigan is going to be in my future actually. So and the desert in the fall. I'm looking forward to. So, anyways, that's not here nor there. Also, with you, on for a moment there, Dave Potter of the iPhoneography Podcast is with us. Thanks for having me on tour. Glad to be here. Glad you can be here. You were the uh, you were the daughter's replacement, uh, the putters, if you will. Okay, that works. Actually, that works. Actually, I got to be careful because there there already is a P Dutters. So, oh. like, like brother Dutters is P Dutters. Uh, oh, okay. So okay. She's K Dutters. He's P Dutters. I don't know. Did I reveal a secret? I don't know. I don't know. I. I need the Dutter's handbook here. I don't know what I've. <laughs> but we did. We did learn about Dutter's that for the for her half marathon, she does have neon socks already. Oh, good official official running neon socks. Good good. So you will not be able to miss her at least. As opposed to the unofficial neon socks, I guess. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right. Well, hey, let me do this right because I, I I know I screwed this up on the other show. Now I'm really paranoid. I'm not going to thank Patreon some weeks because I completely forgot on the other show last week for some reason. <laughs> So, uh, but hey, check out everything at awesomecast.com. You can hit us up an email at awesomecast.com, awesomecast on the tweeters. And of course, follow the Awesomecast Facebook um, and uh, a lot of the discussion on the Facebook group, on the Discord. The link now works from awesomecast.com and over on the Awesomecast Reddit page. You can find that too. And we're sharing stories throughout the week and you can as well. And a lot of them make them here into the show. Uh, and you can subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast app. And of course, the video versions and the live streaming. We are live right now at 7 p.m. Eastern Time Roundabout uh, over on the Twitter, over on the YouTube page, on the Facebook page, on the Sorgatron Media Twitch. We're on four locations. So there, you, you can't miss us on a format. If you want to be a part of us and 
part of this and being in the chat room, you can watch us on any of those. And we do appreciate that everybody that does jump in the chat room. Let us know what you think. Let, them know, let us know if we're right or wrong about one thing or another or whatever the case may be. We do appreciate you being a part of it. And also thank you to our Patreon supporters that are always a part of this and getting some extra content here and there. Hopefully uh, we'll drop our uh, eSports internet uh, uh, conversation uh, into the feed hopefully this week here. I know I got to get, I think I had something from last week I need to put in there. So I was working on that a little bit today. Uh, thank you to our friends at the Coffee Club level. Matt Weller, John DeGore, John Carmen, Cynthia Klosky, Scott McTaggart, and Mike Pound. And at the fan of the show level, Michael Fedor, uh, Professor Buzzkill, and hey, Dave. Dave. Hey. 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 You guys can support the show, too, at Patreon.com slash AwesomeCast. So let's get into a straight into our awesome things of the week. I can't. And here, let me kick off with this. I, 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 I skipped this last week, which I'm glad because I watched so many more of these. I stumbled upon um, the Odd World edition of this thing, uh, Ars Technica, which I think we've used as a news source uh, here and the here and there on this show. Um, they do a wonderful, um, they do a wonderful series that I was not aware of on their YouTube page called War Stories. This is a, these are interviews with video game developers, and in most cases, it's a lot about like like problems that they solve to make certain games that happen. Like Oddworld was a big one because it was so different at the time for the original PlayStation and what they had to do. And, ha and, and there's so I've heard so much technology, so much about the technology of CD ROMs in this <laughs> as well. Um, you know, you know, things like that, you know, the, you know, uh, the, the command and conquer games and how those work, uh, mech warrior five and how, how they had to deal with that. And, you know, really good interviews. You can kind of tell when they got the COVID area and everybody's on zoom, but <laughs> if they're in person, like they're shot really well and everything, um, really cool. There's there's this one about Ultima Online and how they had um, added this thing where you could like hunt on there, and it was a persistent server, I think, regionally or worldwide, and you would just have this thing where like just every all the users would just ravage the wildlife across the entire server and just like broke the game, and then they started like easing it off. There's a thing I think it was the Forza was talking about you know the the artificial intelligence they use and how they're using server-side technology when you're playing that game on your console right um you know really cool gets really it's, it's kind of technical but not not too too crazy um but it, really cool to talk about and, and a lot of times it's things that are obviously well solved by now um but it really kind of it's just a really really awesome breakdown diablo 3 was another one how diablo 3 wasn't going to be i think it was going to be a turn-based show a uh, 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 game originally or something like that um and oh and they always play fun because it's always like they always have these sections there the problem and then the fix and then they completely like like tailor it to the aesthetic of that game like you know the titles if you saw us on video were all based in the um you know, based on the Diablo kind of font, the fiery font kind of situation over there, right? So, like, I think, you know, it was it's really cool. I've been really, really enjoying it. It's a great thing to kind of throw on. Like, today I was doing a lot of kind of video posting and social media uh, uh, scheduling for, for IndieWrestling.us. So it was, a, it, you know, throw something on the background and just keep your mind going. But I, I really enjoy it. Definitely recommend it. Go on the Ars Technica uh, um, YouTube page, and there's a whole playlist of war stories there. And there's a bunch of them. I think they've been doing this for a while just a very very well done series so that's my awesome thing of the week um i don't know have any of you guys come across this uh, at, at all or you know like, like they got everything from mist to 
like I said, Oddworld to uh, uh, Dead Space, talking about how how they're trying to make the scariest game. Amnesia about tricking uh, 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 players into uh, being scared of things that aren't actually there, <laughs> that they didn't even put into the game. Uh, concepts like that. Uh, but I don't know. Have you guys come across the series? I. I- I haven't, but I'm super interested. I actually pocketed the 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 playlist because it's kind of nice. There's nothing. It doesn't look like there's anything over maybe 15 or 20 minutes. Oh so yeah, you probably could hit out a bunch of these. Did they talk about doors at all? Because I heard like that's one of the hardest things to code. Doors? How do you mean doors? Yeah, doors. Doors in video games. In general. In oh, general. So like you're talking about like Resident Evil when we saw a door in a cinematic or something. Yeah, yeah, and um, I'm I'm actually googling right now doors in video games complex. Is it going from like screen to screen? Like if, if it's something like that, like scene to scene or something. So there's like an that? article. There's an article in Verge. Why game developers can't handle doors, and it has to do with like the doorknob, the swing motion, like getting that feeling. Making sure, you know, if there's something on the other side of the door that it's appropriately has appropriate collision. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a feeling I'm interested if there were to be like a really good off to read this article um, that The Verge put out. But I'm wondering if that's why a lot of doors in old video games, like if you remember the old like Wolf 3D, mm-hmm. they were all slide panel doors. Oh, yeah. Oh, there, was, yeah. there was no door that actually swung. And in an era where that shouldn't have been, right? You know, obviously something like Doom, where you have futuristic, you know, Star Trek sliding doors, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, so, so, yeah, so there's there's a number of things that I've read or a number of, like, just little blurbs I've heard about how doors are so complex to the point where in a lot of times, like, they end up dropping the doors. There's like, no doors in this place. Yeah, there's just yeah. no doors in this 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 place. I love it. I love it. Um, no, and it, 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 it's stuff like it is stuff like that, right? You know, talking about the processing. Um, look, you know, I, I think it's really cool when they're talking about, um, you know, you know, Mist was like one of the first games that used CD-ROM, and how do we load these things, or how did they illustrate? And then process these things into the computer, right? Um, like how how they were like buying as many in the most power Mac as they could and get them ready. And anytime they walked out of the office for lunch or for the night, it's processing, you know. And, and you know things like that. It, it just seems so bonkers. Or or how Oddworld went out the door with a game killing bug because they had to, <laughs> you know. I, it, it's 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 just so wild. It also makes me glad I'm not in the video game industry because it's it's more like this is like a talent and product, and and um um you know problem solving skill that is beyond anything I could I could comprehend. You know and and you know and we all work in pretty big problem solving kind of industries, all three of us. Uh, so uh, you know that's that's it's really cool to see. You know, and of course, there's people at the height of the game for this kind of stuff too. So. Go check it out. Ars Technica's YouTube page. It's called War Stories, and it's all about video games. I love it. Love it. Um, let's stay on the video game side for a moment. Chilla, I see that you... And you've mentioned this a few times before about the Skywalker salad. Yes, Sky, Skywalker salad? Is yes. that it? Yes? Now with more berries from Endor. 
Now, um, now with a side of blue milk. Yes, with the side of blue milk. That's what I put on my cereal in the morning. Um, no, so finally, after I don't even remember when they announced this, it had to be like 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, so Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga Lego game is coming out. They finally announced a launch date. It will be here on April 5th. Simultaneous releases for PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, nice. Nintendo Switch, and PC. Um, there's a number of pre-orders. Pretty much anywhere you buy the game, you're going to get it for 60 bucks. Um, it is not available yet for pre-order on PC. It looks like it's going to be mainly on Steam um, from the PC perspective. And if you really want to get your cup of blue milk, um, you can order the deluxe edition. I think it's about twenty dollars more. It's maybe it's sixty nine ninety nine. Maybe it's, I can't. Oh, it's sixty nine ninety nine. It's seventy bucks instead of sixty bucks. Um, but you do get a slipcover case that lets you unmask Darth Vader, um, Luke Skywalker with blue milk, Lego minifigure, and six collector. <laughs> DLC packs out of the box. Um, those DLC packs, if you're familiar with the Lego Star Wars, right, as you play, you get to unlock more characters or you earn coin and you can then go buy to unlock more characters. Um, this will give you additional downloadable content character packs that'll be coming out later um, that include the two different Mandalorian packs, a Rogue One pack a classic characters pack, Solo, the Star Wars story, and as well as a pack of Bad Batch. Mm. Um, It looks like they've added some additional combat features and mechanics. I am super excited for this game. Um, The one thing that did kind of bum me out is there will be one of the things I really like playing, like co-op on the couch. Um, Mm. Christopher and I play these types of games. We play the Marvel ones. We played the Lego ones. a, there's no mobile version, which most of the Star Wars Legos have been released on mobile and a lot of the DC and other ones. Um, <clears throat> no mobile version and no remote co-op. I was hoping that they would finally break into the online co-op. Um, since you're both on the simultaneous screen, it's not that hard to follow along with each other in my mind. And if you have a headset or anything to communicate, it wouldn't be that far off from what it would what it would be like like well, I think they call it couch co-op um, but that is not coming to the game in fact I have seen very little about co-op at all which has me a little bit worried but I did see it on a couple of different sites where they talked about co-op and that it would definitely not be available online so maybe it'll release a little later kind of like Halo's doing with their their co-op um, but I don't I can't guarantee that but I am super excited for the game. You're going to be able to go across all the worlds from Star Wars. Um, I'm sure they're much like the other games, they'll be releasing content over time. So, and, and just think you could, you might even be able to play as Grogu. (laughs) Maybe, maybe it's, it's looking pretty cool here. And, And I noticed it looks like it's a little more over the shorter than the top down that they would do before. Like, I don't know if that has anything. You kind of had that. I I feel like that game kind of pivoted at certain points in time. You were pretty much kind of behind the care, kind of behind the character and maybe a little bit up. 
Maybe I'm thinking more Batman or something. Or in Indiana Jones. Yeah, the game the gameplay view looked a lot looked reminiscent. The only game that I thought had some top down type view was uh what was the it wasn't the one that had like the first six movies. They did a Force Awakens one. Mm-hmm. It had a little more to me it got they they actually added a lot of game mechanics and complexity to it. Um a lot <clears throat> but um no it 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 definitely reminded me and we still play a lot on even on iPad. Um that also doesn't offer co op unfortunately, which I think is a major downfall of that one. But at least you'll always have Lego brawls on Apple Arcade. Do you play the um oh what is the other Apple Arcade one? Not the not the battles, which I which I have you know, the Transformers is where I'm at with that one now. Um is it it's another Star Wars one. It's the uh, one where like you're stranded on an island. Yeah, you're you're stranded at some castaways is called. And, castaways, and, and, yeah, and I have no Go ahead. I've been playing a little bit. I pull it up on the Apple TV every once in a while and it's it's fine. It it's got it it, it looks like there's a bit of co op in there. And you kind of play these short levels, and there's like this hollow simulator that's like familiar Star Wars, you know, you know, scenes and things like that, right? Like you know, Death Star runs and things like that. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a nice little mobile game, I guess. And and they say it works. It plays you know kind of nice on the uh, Apple TV. But um, but it's not like, I, and I don't know. Maybe I'm just not deep enough into it because I think I think I'm just past tutorial stuff on it. I, I'll pop in for like you know 20 minutes and be like, oh, you know move on to something else but um i don't know it's interesting and you can like dress up your character and all that kind of stuff so can you pick so do you end up picking so the thing that got me was to your point like you're 20 minutes in and i felt like i was still on tutorials mm-hmm. um like i would and i know you could dress up your character do you end up like you end up like getting to pick like are you going to be a smuggler or a jedi or uh, you know i haven't really got into that part yet. okay i mean but i mean i think a little bit yeah because i think there's like these these classes and stuff and i mean this trailer looks a lot more interesting than what i've been playing so far already <laughs> uh so and I, I think i'm just not deep enough into it it's just you got to have a little bit of time investment in order and then this is just kind of the cutscene of you landing on this uh uh <laughs> I, I love i this is the thing that I always love when I'm watching like something like Star Trek, uh, Star Wars, Dragon Ball Z now even. And, and it's it's like uh, you land on a planet and the presumption is the planet is all the same thing. Or there's you land on the planet and went to the one settlement there. You know, you, you, you <laughs> notice this It was like it's a giant universe, but there's only one place to go when you land on Tatooine. That's why I've been enjoying Book of Boba Fett, because you're just like, we're not talking about Mos Eisley the entire time. Right. Oh, there's this other one. Also, giant desert planet. Apparently only two place, two things. Um, but uh, but anyways, but that's, a, that's enough of that. Uh, but Potter, uh, what is your awesome thing of the week? My awesome thing is something that just actually happened yesterday. Well, it's been decades in the making as as a movie. It's decades in the making, uh, but it finally reached where it wanted to go, where they wanted to put it yesterday, and that is the James Webb Space Telescope. Ooh! There were four hundred individual times of failure. Oh, geez. from from launch to now 400 individual times that if this thing broke it's a space it's space jump if this thing broke space jump this thing space jump 
and it worked flawlessly. They were shooting for, I want to say, they said, if we're, if everything works as nominal, mm-hmm. 10 years, this thing works so perfectly, they have 20 years worth of fuel. So from launch to unfolding the mirrors, to unfolding the heat shield, to doing the different things to get it to the Lagrange, the, what they call the L2 point, the Lagrange, the second Lagrange point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's special about that is it's approximately, I think it's, um, was it uh, 1.5 million miles from Earth? Approximate, not one million, I'm sorry, it's around 1 million miles, 1.5 million kilometers from Earth. So if you uh, look at the uh, webpage, it actually shows you Earth, Moon, and then way out. If you uh, see, if, uh, if you can scroll up a little bit. Oh, oh, right oh that's the timeline there. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's see here. If you type, if you click where it says distance uh, on the timeline on the far right. Distance complete or on the timeline? Uh, no, itself? no. Oh, um, if you look at the there time, yeah, there. Okay, yeah. Ooh, the moon Just moves. because it, it, well, the thing is, it, it moves quicker closer to Earth and it slows down. So, but you can see there's Earth, Moon, and then you can see how far out that is from the Moon. You know, it's three times worse. And the, the L2, the Lagrange 2 uh, orbit is a stable orbit. Mm-hmm. So it basically orbits around that part. So you kind of have Earth here, Moon here, and this thing kind of just orbits like this, pointed away from the Earth. Because it's infrared, it has to be very far away. Uh, it has an, um, the heat shield. And the nice thing about that website, those are real, th- those aren't expected um, points or estimated points. Those are actual data points from the satellite or from the telescope. So you can see like the one side is minus 300 degrees and the warm side, yeah, you look on the far right there, the cold side's minus three to four, 330 to 350 degrees. The hot side, the side actually facing the earth and the sun is between 55 and 129 degrees Fahrenheit. And this, since this thing is an infrared telescope, if there's any heat that leaks from one side to the other, that'll overwhelm the signals they're looking at. Mm. Because they're looking for just the barest, the, you know, the, 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 the barest of heat signatures to look at the farthest away stars as possible. And being that far out, unlike Hubble, which, was, which is in low Earth orbit, where you could at the time send up, you know, because of the, uh, very minute issue. Very, I mean, beyond minute issue with the Hubble's telescope. They could send up an astronaut to move things around and flick things in and out. This thing, you know, it's out so far, there's no fixing it. You're, you're out there, you had to launch it and just let it go do its thing. Mm-hmm. And you figure with all the launch, it's just kind of mind-blowing that you're, it just worked perfectly. Everything worked perfectly. Which is just so so great. And the, now they're going to take everything's deployed, but it's going to be another six months or so for everything to cool down and to, for them to start to 
um, focused the individual AT mirrors, which are around four feet apart, which move as around, a, I think it's, I think, remember, a tenth of the width of a human hair at a time. <laughs> that they can position all these mirrors independently. So they have to get all those and then they will start to do things and they'll calibrate it. And then the images start coming in second half of the year. Well, you have to, because I mean, you look at how, what they're looking at. I, I just saw, I can't remember what was uh, related to this, but it was some sort of astrophysicist or something that was like, hi, ah, you see this like black spot here in between this cluster of stars here. Mm -hmm. Well, and you zoom in and you can see the star, like see the, see the light from there. Right. And they're like, listen, each one of these, it's taken longer than there's been humans for us to reach us to be seen. Mm -hmm. Each one of them like represents, I don't know how many clusters of stars, you know, it was like this big mind blowing thing about the, you know, size of the universe uh, mm -hmm. uh, kind of thing to make you, you know, feel absolutely insignificant. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but, but I will say individually. Yes. But the fact that, you know, humans, there, there's, there, there's, there, this isn't magic. These are humans working their, okay, I don't think this is too, too hard on the show, working their ass off for mm -hmm. decades. Scientists, engineers, working with the launch people. Um, orbital mechanics is nasty. Mm -hmm. I, I, I actually, when I was in school, I remember doing it. Orbital mechanics is nasty. Designing something to survive the launch and the heat and the cold. And in a little confined space that has to unwrap itself on its own. All that is incredibly, it's like, you can't say, you know, like the aliens, these are people. Mm -hmm. These are really, you know, intelligent, driven people who work well in teams and a worldwide team, because it was actually launched by French rocket, even though it's a U.S. Um, satellite, U.S telescope was launched by french the adrian five i think it was called the but it was a french rocket that launched it because when this was originally done spacex hadn't launched anything yet we didn't have anything home built that could launch it so we had to use the french rocket to launch it because nothing was there was nothing there it was that long ago when they had to start designing this mm -hmm. and i think the the thing i think you're talking about was the hubble uh, the deep space image where on a whim for, for lack of a better term, they said, there's a little postage size spot in the sky. We can't see anything right now with our current telescopes. It looks completely black. It looks like there's nothing in there. Let's use Hubble to take a photo. And it was like, it's completely filled with stars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Turns out. Yeah. So yeah, it, it just just the, and again how perfectly everything worked, how you know people were like, oh it's delayed again, oh it's delayed again. Well, it's delayed because you have one shot. Mm -hmm. You know this isn't, well you know if it doesn't work, this is beta test. We can fix. No, we can't. Yeah, you you can't just deal with a blown up one of these. It's ten years of work, no. right? Like like, no. like SpaceX says, it's a different. It's a different thing. But also, like I don't know that SpaceX would have been able to make something like this, right? Uh, you know, it's a different. Um, yeah, and that's because uh, I, I think both methods have their advantages. SpaceX is a very 
we're going to go and break things and go. And, and everything, and, and, you know, NASA and, and those that have worked with NASA are very like, we are going to do every calculation to make sure this yeah. is right before we even try it. You know, yeah. which, which adds a lot of time. I mean, mm-hmm. frankly, it's a lot of time. And, you know, I, I, and that's, and that's fine. You know, that's, that's, that's science. Yeah. <laughs> that's science. I mean, there are certain things that, yeah, you can do quick and easy and cheap. And if it busts, no problem. You have an extra copy in the back you can throw up there. Uh, for this, you you don't. And uh, for NASA versus SpaceX, is, and remember, NASA is a government agency. If something busts there, you know, for, forget about people dying. If something busts that's a big, you know, high profile event, you got congressional hearings. And you got congressmen going up there doing their, well, sir, I even know I'm going to make, I'm going to talk in front of you for the next five minutes and use big words because that's what I like to do as a congressman. And you're like, yeah, we don't want that. We want to be able to do our job. We want to be able to, you know, it's, it's, I truly believe most people, most people on their job, but especially people at NASA are like, we want to do cool things. We went through all this school. We learned all this stuff to do cool things like telescopes like this and can you just let us do our cool things without looking over our shoulder when you have no idea what you're talking about and that's why when things like this happen they get people you see the control room it's so excited and there's so overwhelming joy and it's so wonderful to see the super, ge- super geekiness i love it oh yeah i love it so well we'll keep an eye out for that i'm sure we're going to see a lot of interesting things i mean look at what we've got now the hubble over the last how many years um, a couple of decades at least, right? And, uh, you know, yeah, this is, I mean, it's an ongoing exploration and uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that in our lifetimes at least. So, uh, anyways, you know what? All that space, and I bet they don't got any pizzas because of what we got over here in, in Beachview. New York City style, Yins remain our friends at Slice on Broadway, sliceonbroadway.com, four locations, Beachview. Carnegie East End and the North Hills supporting Pittsburgh podcasting with the Burp of Pepperoni Pizza. Thank you to our friends over at Slice on Broadway for supporting the awesome cast and the Wrestling Mayhem Show here at Sorgatron Media for all these years. Go check them out. Go support the guys that support us and girls and gals and you know pizza makers, pizza makers of all all types. Uh, so thank you to them for supporting us and go support them, please, if you will. Um, let's see what else we got here in the lineup. Um, let's say a little bit of gaming, gaming this. I think we got it at the top here. I thought this was interesting. Now this is only, if I recall, this is in Korea and I think another, uh, like maybe Australia or something. Taiwan? Taiwan maybe. Um, so this was interesting. Um, Google Play games are now available on Windows in a three country beta. Uh, so we're talking about this was this was announced around the time when we started talking about uh, Apple Arcade. Google says, hey, we, we're going to do that, too. Um, I do believe. Well, it's not even. No, it's not even. The, it's just the games on Android. I don't think there's a subscription service at all. Right. Um, so. So they're, they're, they're calling it uh, uh, access to popular play games and titles on the on the Windows PCs. Um, it uh, appears to be, I think they kind of have sort of their own sort of store, is Hong Kong, South Korea, and Taiwan are going to get it. Uh, they can get into titles uh, like Mobile Legends, Bang Bang, and Summoner's Wars, so a lot of those kind of other branded 
um, you know, mobile kind of games. I'm sure somebody's addicted to, especially in these regions that love those kinds of games. So, um, but it, I, so this is interesting. I mean, this is more of that, you know, syncing between platforms, Android and Windows playing together because Windows does not, or Microsoft does not really have much of a mobile play, except for if you want to talk about, you know, the cloud gaming on Game Pass, which I'm sure they are really kind of more in the Android camp because they're able to drop an app on Android without having to work around like they had to on the iPhone, right? Um, but still, I, I you know, this is a pretty good play for it, right? I mean, it, it gives you... I mean, this is the thing that, like, loads Candy Crush in your start menu. <laughs> so, um, and you look at this. I mean, these are very mobile kind of games. It's not like you're playing a Call of Duty on this or anything like this. The most impressive one, and the one I, I usually love to see, is the Asphalt games. Because they're, they're the ones that feel like a console racing game whenever I play one of those, right? Especially when you get it on something like an Apple TV that you can do that. Um, and, and they're on so many different platforms. Another one has popped up in like the Windows Store too. So, um, so, so I, I don't know. You guys ready to play? I mean, I mean, all of us, practically all of us, have have a Windows computer of some sort. So even if you don't have Android, you can still kind of dive into this a little bit, right, Chilla? Yeah, and I'm wondering what this means. Like, are they going to have to get agreement from the game developers? It sounds it obviously from that from that video. It shows them shows they have a lot of the major ones. But the one that comes to mind for me is, what about Pokemon Go? Um, am I going to get use of the of the um, GPS or triangulated Wi-Fi? And can I bring all of my games with me? Because that is interesting to me. And not just like, then, oh, that, well, that doesn't make sense on my laptop or my desktop. But we're talking like you bring your Surface with you, right? You have a right. mobile device that's on cellular in your surface, you know, which is like a glorified iPad that runs windows. Right. Uh, so, I mean, that makes sense in those cases. It, it definitely, and it, it goes back to, you know, even when you go on vacation, like I'm typically packing a laptop and a tablet and a phone, mm -hmm. like the more I can trim that down, mm -hmm. the better my experience is, And the more I get to take with me, yeah um i'm i'm super interested in this because there there's a there are some games that i pick up the android device still to play mm -hmm. um and if i it, it just makes it that much easier and the other the other interesting thing and i haven't i actually haven't done this one in a while but i used to have on one of my android tablets because it's easier to get emulators on there i had a TurboGrafx-16 emulator <laughs> and a Nintendo emulator on there just because, hey, why not? Um, mm -hmm. I can Bluetooth a controller. Um, now if I can get a lot of that same type of stuff, it just seems to me to make make a whole lot of sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. What about you, Dave? I, you, I know you're very iPhone, um, but does this kind of open the door a little bit for you to, you know, once this kind of gets stateside? <laughs> Possibly. It depends on the games that are there. Mm -hmm. I'm not heavy, heavy gamer, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, but I could definitely, I mean, I, I, any if you can expand out where things are done, that's always a positive because, you know, I, I we all know Microsoft, like you said, they've given up on mobile. You know, Windows Mobile, they, 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 they have the white flag years ago. They've given up on that. But Google, even though Chromebooks are popular, 
they're popular for schools because they're cheap. But I don't know how many people are going out of their way to buy Chromebooks just for use around the house. You know, right. you know, so, right. the, the, you know, Google's over here with mostly mobile. Microsoft's here with laptops and desktops. And this will really help get the crossover where Apple kind of already has that because they have, you know, Apple already had, but, you know, like I said, Google's try. they've been, they've been pushing Chromebook, but I don't see it. Like you said, I don't know that many people just have a Chromebook as their primary computer. Well, and the main thing here is, and they're promoting the idea that this will also synchronize, just like how your cloud right. save, save if you're like, excuse me, Xbox games across game pass or, or just across mm -hmm. Xbox in general or, or windows or Xbox to windows. Now they're all providing that because now you're going to have the same thing between your Android to Chrome to, um, Chrome to a, a, a Windows computer now. So now exactly. they're creating this other new ecosystem uh, that's happening here. And, and also, I mean, you know, also you have Bluestacks still. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I'm reminded, I, I put my Monster Madness over here on Bluestacks on, on this laptop over here. So, I mean, so it, it's not like you I, can't just go ahead and play some of these things. I I tried Bluestacks like, and it was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And there were some games that just didn't run well. Is that a lot better now or a lot more I've literally played one game on it. Okay. So I don't know. I can't. I can tell you, it's an older laptop, like an older, like probably a fourth gen i5 laptop, and that just runs our, you know, what you see on the screen here when we're looking at websites, and then that's about it. And um, and it played played a very old Android game <laughs> pretty well. So, um, no, yeah, it was yeah, better than my Nexus Seven, that's for sure. So, mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm interested too, like why. I'm hoping they don't stop at just games, mm -hmm. but I'm interested to see will Microsoft let them. But this is what's been coming. They're saying they're going to have kind of full-on Android support, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, is this the first step or is this something separate with a gaming-minded focus? I'm wondering. So, But they're calling it Google Play Games Beta. So that's like the Play Game Google Play Game Service has come over. Right. And that's that syncing and everything that we were talking about. Right. Mm -hmm. Versus just, hey, drop an Android app on here. What's you the know? game? Because, like, I'm, I'm even interested because. Uh, what's the one game we play? Marvel Strike Force. OK. Like, I would like to have that on my. I'd be curious if you could throw it on Bluestacks. Yeah, right. I'll have to try that, too. Because the other thing is, it, I mean, some of these games, you need to get your own little guild together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, full transparency, as, as we have a handful of devices around the house, we have our, we wanted to keep our guild private and we couldn't find anyone to play. So Christopher and I have our own, own guild with just us, but there's like six of us. Across several devices. It's six, six different accounts across six different devices are you sitting there so are you sitting there on like like let's go six different devices between the two of you just kind of rolling through it or uh or are you just like like it? it's almost i would almost say it's like we have our two premiere like the ones we really care about and then mm -hmm. we have like the four supporting well, uh, Dave Ponder, you, uh, uh, you, 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 of course, are, are big in the uh, uh, iPhone photography side, and you were talking to me about macros, and you sent me a video earlier today. Right. Uh, I got this set up here. We're going to pull it up here. Can you walk me through this, or you want to do some prep before we get into the video? 
Uh, sure. Well, this is just a little sh- uh, because Apple came out with and they do this shot on iPhone uh, promotions every so often. And they're highlighting macro. Now, the macro built in. Now, you can get apps like Camera Plus 2 to do macro. Uh, other uh, Halide has an amazing um, macro feature. Mm-hmm. But if you have the iPhone 13 Pro or Pro Max, they have macro built in mm-hmm. where you don't need an app. You just have to get really close. It's literally one of those switches. three lenses, right? It's literally one right. of those three lenses. Right, right. So it uses the, either the wide or ultra wide, and you can actually get within a couple inches of something to take a photo. And can I so, tell you how much that has been helpful just in, um, like, I'm not like taking macro, macro photos, but I need to take a picture of this Wi-Fi password, this, it, this you know, this information here on the side of a thing, this QR code. Like and 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 if you if you haven't um, worked with one of these newer higher end iPhones that have the multiple lenses like this, it is very interesting to see. And I see this on the wide angle too. Um, like if you're right on the edge of that thing and the you know that where where it's kind of doing that auto trying to figure out what the depth is, mm-hmm. you see this kind of um, fade into a different zoom, right? And, and that's it switching to the different camera. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's been really interesting to watch in practice and not like in anything on purpose, just in day to day, it seems to happen, depending on what we're doing, um, setting up for a shot. Hey, we're going to get take care of, you know, take a picture of the two of you guys in front of the studio last week after the show. Right. Um, and, you, and you see that switch as you're going through things. So but anyways, so so you have the macro uh, uh, contest going on right now. Um, right. So so th- tell me tell me more about that. Sure. So you can post it. I, I when I have it set up to when I post on Instagram, it also posts on Twitter using um, if then then that. Yeah, uh, yep. So as long as you use a hashtag, it, two hashtags you have to use: hashtag shot on iPhone and iPhone macro challenge. Okay. And then Apple will, of course, do you know start to collect all the probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of photos that people will post. Uh, given the amount of iPhones out there, even the you know even the amount of 13s that are out there now, uh, or 13 Pros that can do this, that and then they'll ha- it, now they'll pick a winner. Fingers crossed. Be nice. Mm-hmm. Kind of doubtful, but be nice. Uh, and I've seen uh, people who have been picked in the past, and they'll do things like, well. You know, we're going to use your photo on this giant 30 foot billboard in New York City to promote the <laughs> iPhone. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It actually, in the old, I'm trying, I'm trying to think, was this back on Twiny, Tiny Shutter or since we switched over to iPhoneography podcast, we talked to someone who was actually picked by Apple. Mm-hmm. And she had her, it was an iPhone 6 or 6 Plus that she used to take this photo. And they used it on a giant, literally a 30 foot billboard that you see. And it was in New York City and said, shot on iPhone. Mm-hmm. And you do get compensated for it, just like any, anyone else, you know, just like any other photo they use. So it's just, you know, it's also it's a nice thing to see when you're, if you're trying to get a, either inspiration or not just overall inspiration, but like, oh, that's a technique that someone may have used or, that's a setup they use to take a shot or there's an angle that if I want to think about macro shots, you can then use, um, you can then search either Twitter, Instagram by that hashtag 
and look at all the photos and you can say, oh, that's a good idea. I should try that. Or I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you don't get into the nitty gritty, it's at least something to get people started on the way to get thoughts on what can or because honestly, it's a, uh, it, the imagination is where it all starts. Mm-hmm. So if you don't even think, hey, I'm going to try and go in this direction, you don't even know that direction exists. And so, you can get that by looking and seeing what other people have done. So you sent over a uh, a, a, a sample here of, of macros as well. Can you talk us through this for the audio? Sure. Uh, and I'll go sure. and, I'll go and play it here. One second, we'll okay. get started. So all right, there's a there's a look at all the icons on your on your phone. Yep, uh, yep. <laughs> and uh, we'll load that yep. up. So so this is a screenshot of me actually. Now you can, this is just my back patio, and I did it in the afternoon so there's enough light. Um, and I just wanted to take a picture of the wicker and the uh, snow on it. Now you notice as we close, do you notice that right when I got closer, you saw a little bit of a a shift yep. right there. Yep, that was I was that. About, yeah. That's the switch into macro mode. Mm-hmm. So that, like I said, this is just taking photo on a table outside. Now you can either do I took a photo with the one X lens, but then I also switched to the wide camera and took a picture right on the edge. And it's also relatively switching. Like when you see that kind of shift, that's it switching the, the actual lens it's using, correct? Uh, yes. And it's also switching how the um, the focus is done. So it'll actually, through the, ex- the, the ultra wide, it'll actually change the focal length so you can actually get that close. Because unless you're using a third-party camera but built in, the fact that you can just get close and it automatically knows you want close and it'll automatically focus. Yep. Yep. And the, the other thing to keep in mind, this is true. I don't know if it's only with the 13s or with the newest version of iOS. You take a photo and it's doing enough computational fo- computational work. It takes a half a second to a second to get your final, final photo. Mm hmm unfortunately. So it, it, if you so take a photo, it's taken that second, but also remember it's doing a lot, a lot yeah. in that second. Um, and the, we've talked about how high end the chips and everything are on these phones. Like it yeah. is processing a ton of stuff. Yeah. It's it basically almost going pixel by pixel of the photo comparing it. Um, because the way Apple thinks of the camera is not three, it's not three, they don't think of it three different lenses. They think of it as a camera combined that just right. happens to have three lenses and we'll use information from whatever we can to kind of combine. Mm-hmm. So if you take the photo and you look at it immediately, uh, you go, it doesn't look that great. Mm-hmm. Let, let it wait a half a second. And then you get the, like you say, if you go back to the, um, kind of the end of the video real quick oh, um hold on a second. yeah that's okay you can see the the final image i came back with here i'll pull that up here for you guys on audio in a second so there you're still in in, in, the, in the taking the picture mode i think here okay yeah and then yep. we'll come and, back to the picture yeah. and this is i mean we're looking at snow here right like and it's yeah. looking like I'm looking. I'm seeing the detail on the snow and everything. Okay, and, and if you and here comes, there, you go. And there we go. Yeah, you see, it looks like it. It looks like a bad web image load there. <laughs> and then the, yeah. while you're zooming yeah. in on these snowflakes, it's that's yeah. incredible. That's yeah. absolutely and the snowflakes. Incredible. And if you look at the corner, you can see the wicker, mm-hmm. um, the plastic wicker 
Mm-hmm. And it, it's this is this is something we actually had when we moved into our old from the to this house from our old house. So it's at least seven and the years honest, old. So you can see a little bit of the cracking there. What you're, what you're showing me, you're showing me this on video, which means yeah. it's probably still not even as high quality as the picture actually is. Exactly. Right. So exactly. I mean, it's 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 ridiculous. And that's without any additional post processing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I my my two favorite are Pixelmator Pro. Which can do some amazing things, not not cheap, mm-hmm. not cheap, but does amazing things. And Polar, those are my two kind of go-to editing apps. And those are both on. Uh, uh, on they're uh, both on iOS. I don't know if they're on Android or not. Okay. But I know Android has its own thing because depending if you have a Pixel phone, and I know Google Pixel Photo app is has its own built-in magic. Mm-hmm. computational samsung has its built-in magic um now the one thing about nice about pixelmator is i purchased it as an ipad app and you got the iphone app at no cost yeah yeah it's one and of apps. it has tons of machine learning uh, it can up the resolution it's it, it this is pr- this is pretty nice what it can do even without the um the presets just you know correcting things sharpening things and polar polar p-o-l-a-r-r i like their presets i like some of the different things you can do with the different scenes and some of the uh, effects you can do like dehaze, what they call dehazing that one is free if you want the full features you have to subscribe but honestly i get so much out of the free features i haven't needed to subscribe uh, but also, it's, it's, these are these two are also good alternatives to not necessarily Photoshop, but to um, the any like Adobe platforms that you want to do because you know there's different masks you do here. There's there's facial changes you can do in Polar where you're like, oh, I want to do a face smoother, and you can control it, not just use an Instagram filter type thing. So how yeah, much are they, the uh, in, in-app purchases on this? Don't they reveal them uh, on here somewhere? They do. And I forgot what it is, but let me open mm-hmm. it up here. That's real fine. Quick. That's fine. Um, we don't have to dig too deep into that, but it, 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 uh, I, here we go. Okay. So um, a monthly subscription is three ninety nine a month. Okay. Uh, but if you want to do a yearly subscription, it's $20 a year. It's not bad. That's Which not is a buck sixty-seven a month. Yeah. So it's, if you're using, if yeah. you like, and they give you a one-week free trial. So if you want to do the one-week free trial, you're like, oh, I really love all these extra features. Honestly, like I said, software is not cheap. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's cheap compared to what it used to be, but it's not cheap to make, or at least really good software mm-hmm. is not cheap to make. So mm-hmm. supporting people who are putting forth a good product. That's a good thing in my mind. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go check it out. Um, hey, I'm, I'm, just to remind me, this, I had nothing to do app-wise other than it's an app. Um, I paid for the AccuWeather subscription for the year because it's such a good app, but the ads are so bad, and I think intentionally so, so you pay. And it's like $10 a year to get rid of ads. And given the traveling I'm doing, it is so helpful. And I, that I can tell so far, it was like early days of your... Uh, 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 weather underground, you know, dark skies kind of apps. Um, before they kind of got, you know, of course they got purchased and mostly shut down, right? Um, but it's it's very accurate. I mostly know what I'm getting. 
you know, there's not as, as much second guessing with the weather other than when the weather blue goes a different way. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, but no, worthwhile if, if you're down with the AccuWeather stuff. So, um, but yeah, yeah. So do they, good. do they have a, so, and I can't remember who it was that actually found something. I'm looking for the same type of weather app that's integrated into a map app that obviously within reason like if if you were traveling and i'm just going to make this up right if you were traveling from here to new york city driving could you punch into the app like hey, i'm going to travel tomorrow and i want to travel without weather mm -hmm. if you can find that app tell me because i would love to have it like I, I maybe it was i'll have to ask my dad maybe it was him who found it but yeah like it would, and you could actually put into it like, I'm willing to go a half an hour out of my way. I'm willing to leave, or I'm willing to, you know, be up to 15 minutes past this time, or you know, I'm willing to arrive as late as this time. I'm willing to leave as early as this time. Mm -hmm. How can I get there without weather? Almost like a, if you ever see like avoid tolls on your on your yeah yeah like you need, you need an avoid weather right <laughs> like i want to avoid weather yeah dude i i would love that you know if you, like the the you know the idea of hey there's gonna be weather coming through tomorrow you need to get home from chicago you should you should leave at 6 a.m if you want the easiest route you know instead of or or if you're willing to get get home at you know if you wanted to arrive at home at 6 p.m but you're willing to arrive home at 8 p.m we can also defer your travel plan and you'll also miss the weather. That's what I need. That's why I need so bad. Cause I have so much road time and, and it's, and the, the most fearful I am is this time of the year when you're doing it like this, like mm -hmm. two to three months, because we're already running into it. I got a very weird tight schedule happening in February for a weekend. And if there's any snow, it's not happening <laughs> basically. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, no, definitely. That's the kind of stuff we need. Um, if you, if it's out there, please somebody let us know or Chilla's dad. Um, so, speaking <laughs> of, hey, it's pumpkin time, so we gotta get this thing wrapped up. Dave Ponder, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Oh, thanks very much for having me. Always glad to be here. And that's the iPhoneography podcast. Yep, and on Twitter and Instagram as ProfPod, and and, and now uh, TikTok. Hello, fellow children, as Dave Ponder Jr. Ah, welcome to it. I've been seeing you on there. I've been seeing your reaction videos pop up. So, um, I, I'll be honest. I, I don't like watching reaction videos generally, though. Like that's not my thing on TikTok. I like informative videos. I don't know. It's it's where I'm at with things. Um, I'm just posting videos of behind the scenes of uh, live productions that we do um, on there uh, on on TikTok myself at Sorgatron everywhere at Chilla on the Twitters as well. Are you TikToking? I do not. I am a major consumer of TikTok, but I don't. I don't create the TikToks. Yeah, just I'm still kind of figuring them out myself. So, um, excellent. Thank you, everybody, for joining us again. Please, uh, we'll tune in. Tune in to us next week, 7 p.m. Eastern time, on all of the awesome cast channels. Um, and uh, please share. And uh, and I don't think I did at the top. There, shout out to our friends at Post Industrial uh, dot com, a great uh, news source for those in the Rust Belt. 
uh, that's also been helping share the show as well. We really appreciate their support and your support as well. We'll see you next time. You've been our awesome audience. Have an awesome week. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.